Part Four of Thralls of the Endless Night by Lee Douglas Brackett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Part Four. He remembered what he'd said to Lil about the captain's yellow daughter. Samel left a guard behind and went into the ship. Darkness and cold and the smell of a place that hadn't been used or lived in for a long, long time, and the grit of rusty metal under bare feet. They went very slowly, and the yellow girl whimpered in her gag. They couldn't really be silent, slipping and blundering in blackness too thick even for their eyes, over buckled deck plates and around broken walls. Somebody heard them and called out, and the yellow girl struggled like a speared shag. Kirk shivered, and the palms of his hands were wet. He could feel the ship like a living presence in the dark. Then somebody called again with fear in his voice. They stumbled down a long, tilted passageway, and came into a little room with a great gash in it looking out over the gorge. There was a barred door in one wall, and a man sitting in front of it over a tiny box of heathstones. The captain. He got up, a lean gray man moving with dignity. He didn't drop his spear, but he didn't try to use it either. He didn't say anything. His eyes took them in, in the dull glow of the heathstones, Kirk and Samel and the Pyrutes, and then the yellow girl, gagged and held by the arms. His eyes blazed then. Kirk's heart jolted. It was just the way Pa might have looked at Lil. He said roughly, thinking of Pa, Don't try anything, and you won't get hurt. I've made a pact with the Pyrutes. There's to be no more fighting, and we take the ship together, share and share alike. The officers can obey or take what's coming to them. Where are the heatstones? The captain stared at him. His face had no expression. He said, Let my daughter go. Samel started forward. The captain raised his spear. Let my daughter go. The Pyrutes raised their weapons. Samel looked around the room at the single door behind them and grinned. Sure, he said. Why not? Let her go. They let her go. She tore off the gag and ran to her father and stood by him, glaring at the Pyrutes with hot black eyes. Neither one said anything. "'All right,' said Samel lazily. "'Now where are the stones?' "'There,' the captain pointed at the tiny box at his feet. "'Those are all the heat stones there are in the ship.' Kirk cried, "'That's a lie!' The captain looked at him. Tell your friends to go and search. What about that door behind you? There are no stones in there. Kirk laughed. The laugh was not pleasant. He was thinking of the cold huts of the Hans, and the thin babies that cried, and Jock Randall dying on the pillbox wall telling him what he'd seen. You lie! You bring the stones up out of the gorge and hide them here. Jock Randall saw your daughter doing it. There was only a tiny pipe of stones in the gorge. This is almost the last of them. 
We use them rather than take from the community supply. Samel smiled his lazy smile and started toward the barred door. His eyes had a queer, wild shine to them. The captain cried out, Wait, wait, and let me speak. Samel looked at the door, and his breath became a little sob in his throat. All right, he said hoarsely, I can wait. He wasn't thinking about the heatstone so much then. He was thinking of the words of the legend, power and gold. The captain said quietly, You can kill me and go on, but I ask you not to. I ask you to believe me, there are no heatstones in that room. The bar hasn't been lifted since the crash. I ask you not to violate a sacred trust. Kirk scowled and looked at the bar. It didn't look as though it had been lifted since the crash. He began to be uneasy. Samel spoke silkily. Sacred trust, eh? Something that belongs to us, the pirates. Something we've waited for longer than anyone knows. The captain nodded. He seemed very tired. I should have remembered that. The legend grows a little hazy. You pirates caused the crash. You followed our ship and attacked it, and in the battle your own ship was destroyed. You made land somehow in little ships carried inside the big one. After we crashed, you tried again to take what is in the ship, and we drove you out into the gullies and kept you there. Ever since, answered Samel huskily, starving and freezing. We've starved and frozen too, all of us, officers and Hans alike. But we had a sacred trust in this ship. We've guarded it. I think at first the officers of that day thought that someone would come from, from wherever the ship came from, and take them back. No one ever did. And in the struggle to live, everything has been lost. The only thing left is the knowledge that we officers had a duty, a trust, and we've guarded this door night and day since the crash. What's behind it? asked Samel. What's behind it? Even that is lost. Samel laughed and started forward. He caught the captain's half-raised spear in his hands and broke it and pushed him away with the yellow girl. He took hold of the bar and lifted. Kirk and the packed mass of pirates swayed forward like one man. It fought him. He heaved on the bar, and sweat ran dark on his red body hair, and the veins stood like ropes on his forehead but the rust held. Samel struggled, crying like a child. Kirk thought. He told the truth, the captain did. No heat stones, and I've let the pie roots in. He began to shiver. He started to shout. The bar screamed like a man in torment and swung back in Samel's hand, and the door was open. The pale glow of the heat-stones filtered through the opening. Kirk saw a box with black marks on it. Danger, atoblast, high explosive. And above that a much smaller box made of metal on a shelf. The black marks on the first box didn't mean anything to anybody. The father of the captain's great-grandfather had remembered that there was such a thing as reading. 
Samel reached out and took the smaller box, which was at eye level, and locked with a heavy lock and sealed. He put it down and took the captain's broken spear and tore the lock away. The captain and his yellow daughter stood like dead things, watching. Kirk's heart was pounding in his throat. The secret of the ship, the sacred thing, the golden power that had caused the crash. Samel's big red hand pulled out a flat bundle of metal sheets marked with marks like the first box. Treaty of Alliance between the Sovereign Earth and the Union of Jovian Moons, providing for earthly colonization and development of the said moons, and mutual aid against aggressor worlds. A single sheet fell out of the bundle. Have taken the precaution of sending the treaty secretly in a ship of colonists, in care of the captain who knows nothing of its nature. It has been rumored that our mutual enemy, the Marcio-Venusian Alliance, may try to intercept it, possibly with the aid of hired pirates. This would, as you know, mean war. It is my prayer that the treaty will safely— Samel stared at the bundle. He shook it, his face looking dazed, like a man just hit in the stomach. Then he threw it down and shook the box. It was empty. In a black fury he turned on the larger box and ripped the cover back, and there was nothing under it but thick transparent bottles with heavy caps holding a tiny bit of matter in oily liquid. There was silence in the room, thick with the breathing of stunned and angry men. "'Power!' said Samel. Power and gold! Nothing! Nothing to make even a spearhead!" He picked up the empty box and the bundle and hurled them out through the riven wall into the gorge. Then he caught up the larger box and threw it after. Kirk had time to see tears running out of Samel's eyes. After that there was an agony of light and sound and motion, and then nothing. The first thing he knew about was heat. More heat than he'd ever felt in his life pouring over him. He opened his eyes. Men were piled against the walls, beginning to struggle back to life. The ship had changed position. Samel was crouched with his arms around his knees, motionless, staring at nothing. The yellow girl was helping her father out of a mound of pyroots, and it was hot. There was light beating in through the broken wall. Kirk crawled over and peered out, his pupils contracted to little points. The bottom of the gorge was split open and it was burning. The father of the captain's great-grandfather had remembered vaguely something about radioactivity and crystalline rocks that harnessed it and made heat. The father of his great-grandfather had had great hopes for the unique form of radiation and what it could be made to do, but all his time was taken hunting meat and heat stones and growing moss. The heavy heart of the little world was burning up through the crack, and for the first time Kirk was really warm. Kirk put his hand on Samel's shoulder. You got 
Heat, he said. That's better than power and gold, whatever they are. Samel shivered and closed his eyes. His hand went with blind speed to Kirk's throat and closed hard. His mouth was twisted like a child crying with pain. Kirk clawed at his thumbs. Don't be a fool, he croaked. There's heat now. Heat for everybody. The kids won't cry any more. Samel, bring your people in out of the gullies. Heat, repeated Samel. Yeah. He took his hands away slowly. There's that, isn't there? Heat. The captain echoed, Heat. He went to the broken wall and blinked at the light. The heat stones were almost gone. I thought we were going to die. And now? He shook his shoulders like a man freed of a burden. And now there's no more need to guard the ship. Perhaps that's what we've been guarding it for, to save us in time of need. Kirk said humbly, I'm sorry. You were honest. You believed you were right. But taking my daughter, I deserve the sucking plant. What's done is done, and it's turned out right. People were clamoring outside the ship. Kirk was sweating. He tasted it and laughed, pulling in his belly and spreading his chest. Heat, he said, and no more fighting with the pirates. Maybe there's some way we can roof the gorge and bring the heat up into the fields so the moss will grow better. And there's lots of this world out beyond the gullies. We've never been able to explore it because of the pirates. Samel, do you know what lies beyond you? Samel shook his head. We had to eat and hunt for heat stones, too. A whole world, said Kirk just waiting for us. Maybe we'll find other gorges like this one. Maybe places with better soil. The kids can grow up warm and fat and have kids of their own." He turned around and looked at the captain's yellow daughter. He said, "'Do you still hate me?' Her yellow shoulders twitched. She turned her back on him, and she was so beautiful he hurt with it. He went up behind her. I said I was sorry. She didn't answer. A closed-mouthed piece. I lied. Her head jerked a little and her ear cups moved. I'm not sorry I took you with me. I'm not sorry I kissed you on the rock. Are you sorry you saved my life? She tossed her head. I didn't. You did so. You twisted that shag's nose half off. Why? She turned around, hot-eyed, and slapped him. He laughed. He took her in his arms and waited till she quit clawing and struggling. Then he kissed her. Presently she kissed him back. "'You don't talk much,' he said. "'But who wants to talk?' End of Thralls of the Endless Night by Lee Douglas Brackett